and stairs. I would literally look at concrete and like steel as like, wow, I can skate that. That looks cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there next. Photography is no different. Literally, you'll see a concrete wall, and you'll be like, three o'clock p.m. That you know. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Two M Creative Labs podcast. This podcast is about improvement in three parts: learn, share, do. We learn from some talented creatives as they share their process and story on the pursuit of their passions. This episode features Sky Spence, photographer and videographer based in Winnipeg. He creates videos for amazing musicians, including local talent, and is working on building the nasty brand with his team. We talk about working on a super low budget and pushing the envelope creatively as a photographer and filmmaker in a city filled with so many other photographers. Enjoy the episode. Um, all right, so I guess just literally to <coughs> officialize it, hey, everybody, thanks mm-hmm. for tuning into the podcast. Uh, just to kind of get started, why don't we have our guests introduce themselves in front of the audience? <coughs> yeah. You know? My name is Sky Spence. I'm a Winnipeg-based photographer, filmmaker, entrepreneur. Um, I'm indigenous. Yeah, I'm treaty, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and yeah, I've been doing photography and video work now for well over eight years. I'm an avid street photographer. I still, street, I still do a lot of photography in the streets. And right now I'm just focusing more on the filmmaking. I'm taking a break from photography and just kind of working towards, you know, my new career that I want to kind of unfold a little bit. But yeah. That's awesome. So talk to me about how you kind of got started. I guess we, we've talked before about yeah. photography being a stepping stone towards filmmaking. Kind of run me through that a little bit just for the audience as well. Well, photography, it's, <clears throat> it's basically immortalizing a moment in a, still, in a still motion. And for me, that was always interesting as a kid growing up. And I was skateboarding day in, day out. I would literally wake up, grab a bowl of cereal and a banana, and hop on the 15 bus and head down to the forks. That was my morning routine, and I did that for a long time. Even after school, same thing, going through it. And photography only started for me when... It was about 2009 or 2010. I was basically going from junior high school to a high school. So it was like that one school only went through seven, eight, nine, which was super weird. So we had to like take tours of like schools that we were going to go to next. And one of them was Tech Bach. Went in there and I just remember seeing everything about the photography program and just falling in love with it. I was like, holy shit, they got film, they got digital, like they have studios, lights, like... I'm going to learn everything about this. It felt like university, but for the arts. So I just jumped full-fledged into it, and I did that for like four years, dedicating everything that I could to photography. And there was a lot of lessons that I learned, because obviously, you know, with everything, like you make mistakes, and you don't know how to process them. You don't know how to reflect on everything that's kind of getting thrown at you. And, you know, my teacher would always, you know, always ask me, it's like, what's the story? What's the purpose? He would always ask me what the feeling of the photograph was. And that used to piss me off all the time because I was like, just look at it. It's my photo. Like, it, like, can't you just say that it looks good or something like that? So I was like basically taking something and putting a false expectation on it for myself. So I was basically setting myself up for disaster. And I did that for like maybe a few months and then it came to fruition for me. And I was like, wow, he's just literally asking me to create a story. So that changed my whole perspective on photography. And that's what kind of started me to come to the streets. And basically, I took skateboarding and photography, molded them together, and it created this like cluster of creative joy. I was taking something that I love, that I put beneath my feet, and I skateboard. And then I take my camera, and I'm capturing things while moving. So I came downtown probably two to three times a week for about four years. 
<laughs> and I just photographed street photography, both film, digitally, and you know, through that, I just met so many people. And through that, it just kind of brought me to, I guess, uh, I guess we call it like a little creative circle in the community. And, you know, we were all just people with cameras and ideas, and we were just bouncing things off, and then I literally made probably some of the greatest friends that I ever had <laughs> from that. And those connections I still, you know, have, and we pick up where we left off every once in a while. But I never kind of forget that moment. Mm -hmm. And when it came down to switching to video, it was just that same thing. It's just like taking a still photo, but now adding motion to it. I had every aspect of like the technical portion of it, but now I learned how to basically take that and add movement. And so, I mean, like I'm not, I'm no professional filmmaker. I'm still learning. So for me to kind of, jump into it and be like, oh, I'm a pro, like I can do this, I can do that. I try not to say that, I, you know, I wanna set the bar low before, you know, I set it high, cause you know, I don't feel like I'm there yet, but I'm still learning. And I've done a lot of videos, done a lot of photos, and you know, like there's always something that you can do better with everything. There's, you know, there's things that, you know, you either kind of cut time on or didn't really put too much into. And uh, like with, both kind of being like a part of me now it's just like photography has always just been that extension of me now you know there's so much you can do with it mm -hmm. but there's so many photographers now in the city and it's saturated to make that amount of money doing just specifically that is really hard and it's very complicating but video is kind of where i want to kind of set home with because a lot of people are still struggling with it like obviously it's it's, it's not an easy thing to get into but it's not as easy as it is to get into photography so that's why I'm kind of choosing that because it's a challenge mm -hmm. no matter which way it goes. Like every project that kind of gets handed to me and the guys like handed basically a problem and we got to fix it yeah. or we got to create it. So, yeah, I think that kind of answers it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> sort it, of. It, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. And like, I yeah. totally understand that because yeah. I started out photography too. And, mm -hmm. and I realized like, oh, you know, like I used to make short films as a kid, just mm -hmm. kind of like with my friend, you know, running around with like your parents' camera or whatever. And yeah. just like having like scenes you want to just record and then cut yeah. edit it to music or whatever so yeah when i started doing that with like the camera that i had, like oh like shit like this is fun again like i remember this kind of feeling it's like seeing a photo when you're driving like i do that all the time i'll be driving down main street or any whatever street and i'll see something and i'm like damn like I'll, I'll either take a mental note or i'll stop right there if i have my camera and i'll go out there and take it because it's just you know when you see it and you got it go grab it mm -hmm. right because you know, if you don't, you're kind of doing a negative to yourself if you're not. So it's just it's just a matter of that, doing what you find is interesting and capturing it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting when you talk about like seeing the photo, because I'm pretty sure it's hard for me to explain that to anybody that yeah. like doesn't really see what I'm seeing, which yeah. is pretty like often. Yeah. But when I do like street photography, I'm like, I'm not really seeing stuff. I'm just walking around. And then like you get that moment. It's like, there it is. Like, that's it. That's the shot. Yeah. And like, I'm always hunting for that, like in street photography, but I don't know how like you know, um, you know, like Menace, um, Dennis. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. they always have those moments, and it's super cool to kind of see. Like, and I guess it kind of comes with walking around a lot. Yeah, and it's it's almost like calculated shooting. You're not necessarily planning anything. You're not waiting for anything. Well, I guess you are kind of waiting. Now, I've seen people sometimes stand outside of a back alley because they see the light, and all they need is a person to walk right through it. Right. So that, in a sense, is like calculated shooting because you see the shot but there's an element of it that's missing that you feel that you need to capture. You know, there was many times where I was downtown and I probably captured some of the weirdest things that I've ever come across. And it's just a documentation. Those are moments of mine that, you know, I choose whether to share or not. And it's like, 
out of every shoot that I do, there's only two or three photographs that I kind of just feel like sharing. And I'll share them over the progression of eight weeks, right? And, you know, some people will show all of it. They'll show all their body of work. And for me, like, I don't necessarily think that's, the, I guess, the right way to go about it. Because, I mean, like, you're just basically taking something and then just, like, throwing it out into the world right away, right? There's never, like, that safe keep. There's something that, you know, you have that you want to share one day later on that could be eventually special because you waited so long. And like, I've looked back on like a lot of the work that I've done back in 2012 and 13 and I'm like, shit, <laughs> where was my head at? <laughs> and now I think about like the things that I'm doing now and I see a whole new person. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole respect that kind of comes with it. Yeah. People always ask me like, what's the secret sauce? Like, what do you do that's different? And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and I give them the same response. Make a lot of mistakes. Make a lot of mistakes if you can. If you think something feels good, go do it. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. That's a mistake. And then you learn from it, right? Yeah. Now you know that doesn't work. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people do. And there's a lot of people that don't do things because they just don't feel it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I mean, if a shot in my head is complicating and it's not working out in my head and I don't know how to, I guess, strategically go about it, I just kind of walk away from it because it's just, it's going to waste me more time to kind of like figure that whole equation out versus, you know, taking the idea that's next up in line, which is the plan B and just executing that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it it comes and goes, but seeing, being able to be blessed with that vision to see differently Mm -hmm. is insane. And that just, that all came from the adoption of like skateboarding. I would look at rails. I would look at stairs. I would literally look at concrete and like steel as like, wow, I can skate that. Mm-hmm. That looks cool. I'm going to go, I'm going to go there next. Photography is no different. Literally, you'll see a concrete wall and you'll be like three o'clock PM that, you know, the light is just perfect right in that alleyway. I'm going to come here and back. I'm going to come back here at that same time. And it works out every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're kidding. Yeah. It's, it's so true though. Like being able to time out your days and see mm-hmm. kind of like certain environments and the way light works, you learn to kind of be closer with like mother earth and the sun and you just, you know, the sun becomes your friend at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. Um, the way you, Dennis, and most people that I've met that have started with skateboarding or some form of mm-hmm. that, uh, let's sport. <clears throat> I, I was yeah. never a skateboarder as a kid. It was just yeah. something I could not get on the board and like figure out how to stay balanced. And this isn't about a skateboarding yeah. or podcast or anything, <laughs> but it's fascinating. Like yeah. when you talk, like, you know, look at this rail, like I'm going to grind it. Yeah. Or like. I'm going to jump off of it. And it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing that does come over time. It's, I would say it's like creative movement. <clears throat> like me, I, you know, I skated rails, I've skated sets. I was never really good at flip tricks. So like I couldn't flip into like rails and flip into hubbas, but you know, I could flip downstairs or grind a rail down. And it's just that whole mentality of like wanting to one up yourself is kind of what came so easily with photography was because I always wanted to push the envelope every single photo that I took. I would do that with skateboarding. I would literally, you know, if I was grinding in seven stair rail, I'm going to do an eight or 10 or 16. Right. And that was the mentality as a young skater. Mm -hmm. And I was dedicated to the craft and now it's basically the same thing, but reversed. So I'm dedicated to this and making this work and trying to perfect it because I can't, I have a really hard time with putting out a bad product. Yeah. <laughs> like people are like, oh no, like you don't need to edit the photos. Yeah, I, it's not that I don't want, like I, I know you, I don't need to, but I'm going to. 
because they're my photos and you're going to post them and you're going to tag me in them and people are going to see that and they're going to be like what <laughs> like that's not a sky spence photograph that that's kind of like what people have said like once before is like i'll give them a photograph and their expectation was completely different and it's like depends on how much creative freedom you want the photographer to have right if you give them a guideline and you tell them that you can't go totally like wild with editing or you can't do this or you can't do that you're going to get a different product at the end of the day because they're doing something new yeah. so i mean there's always a creative problem i've worked with clients that you know hated me resented me you know like said i was the worst and i'm like you know that those type of people i literally move on from and i took it as a lesson and i apply that to my next job if you if you're not going to be able to handle or be able to handle suffering guilt and you know those problems that you kind of overcame at that moment you know ruined you or made you feel like it wasn't worth it you're you're going to get over the hump because you know that that is going to keep on coming and keep on coming until you you know they figure it out because that's the creative world if you clash with someone who isn't creative or you clash with someone who is there's always going to be that bounce back it's a really weird kind of world out there <laughs> oh yeah yeah like it's it's very difficult to kind of yeah. even and i guess like I, for me like i've only kind of just started out like making videos and stuff and mostly just make original content but in situations yeah. where it's like we have certain guidelines and things that we want to make and you realize like you do start to lose that creative freedom that you yeah. initially thought like you'll always have for anyone who has never done it it's probably the most intimidating thing to put out something that you love and allow people to just digest and you know like it's you're putting yourself out on the line <laughs> at the end of the day mm -hmm. and some people it's really hard to do that for me it's pretty easy now obviously <laughs> you know because it's like you know fuck the haters like i'm gonna literally put out whatever i want to put out and you know whether you like it or not or if that doesn't feel like it's me it's just like you're carrying that for yourself some things i let affect me some things i don't and it just comes down to how people analyze people in the world and what their words mean to them because at the end of the day they're just words it's not like <laughs> they, they didn't take the photograph i did yeah so it's like what's it to them if another photographer is coming at me and saying stuff then yeah i'll take their criticism a little bit more deeper but it's like someone who doesn't have an art background or you know someone from like <laughs> a completely negative world comes in and just starts talking mad mad shit about my stuff it's like uh, well you know let me see what you can do yeah. i'd love to i'd love to see your work mm -hmm. and i give them like a creative argument and some people you know hate that and some people don't like it i mean i love it because it's like it's literally the quickest way to you know understanding them and seeing where their head's at yeah. why they say what they're saying so yeah that's awesome that's a good mm. way to look at it like yeah. it's and it's definitely easier to filter people out that way right <clears throat> exactly because yeah. there's a lot of fucking negative people out there and they just want to start shit yeah yeah so i mean <laughs> expect that <laughs> when you're in the world that's for sure for sure yeah talk to me about pushing the envelope for your creative uh, work so I would, mm -hmm. one thing that really stood out to me and i was looking at a lot of a lot of your work before obviously mm -hmm. this episode it's ghosts yeah the, the one take that you that oh the one shot. yeah the one yeah, the, the video so that for me was like oh that's really cool um, yeah how do you kind of push the envelope in in your perspective that was actually a weird thing because usually for someone who you know i would never expect anybody's first music video to look like that but like that just comes with the background of photography like i have the most anxiety with putting out bad work and being known as the guy who put out a shitty video or something like that so it's like i try to avoid that criticism in any which way i can or get to at least a point where i feel comfortable putting something out and i'm like all right people are gonna like this no matter what mm -hmm. right so it's uh it's weird it's like i listen to the sound i listen to the i watch the video i think about the visuals 
so much to the point where it's like detail for detail. It's like, would a professional director look at this and say, this is trash <laughs> is what I would, is what I kind of run on. Yeah. And same goes for photography as well. It's just, it all comes down to what your purpose of the visual was. Mm-hmm. How much effort did you really put into it? Was it hard? Hell yeah, that was hard. <laughs> and did you take any easy way out? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like if you if you hit all those points in your mind and in your body and you feel really good about it, then you know that that is going to become a masterpiece for whether it is to the viewers or for yourself or the artist. As long as you made someone smile with it, then I think you're winning. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with those is like each video keeps getting progressively better because we try not to repeat ourselves. Mm-hmm. Even though we do sometimes, it's, you know, it comes natural. We still try to keep going and come up with new ideas. Be like, we watch so many music videos. We send so much music videos to each other and being like, yo, like, check this out. Like, I really like this shot in this thing. We should use that, right? I don't want to take the whole video because the whole video is really good. But I like the shot that they did and I think it would work for this scene in this video. Mm-hmm. So it's just that that idea kept on kind of resonating with me and just with photography and video, it's just everything has to have a purpose. Everything has to have a meaning. And, you know, if it doesn't mean anything to me, then I'm not going to shoot it because <laughs> it's just it's not you're going to it's going to come out. You're going to see it. Yeah. And I think that for any creator out there, just go do what you love at the end of the day, because mm-hmm. if you're going to be held back by, you know, the critics and the people who are actually going to be viewing your work, then you're not going to become who you want to become. Because if you can't handle criticism, the art world is going to eat you up and you're, it's going to, it's going to be a long time suffering. So I chose not to suffer in that. And I just chose to basically move forward and just kind of, you know, keep doing what I'm doing and hope that people like it. Yeah. Cause I know that some people are not gonna, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's pretty normal, right? That like not everybody's going to like it and you can put yourself in a place where this is going to be a masterpiece. Yeah. And I think there's one thing that somebody out there will like, like yeah. maybe this person won't like 90% of the video, but like there's this one portion that like for them, like that's, that yeah. was, that was hot. Like that mm. one take or whatever. Yeah. It's uh, it's also like the thing too, as well as like with Winnipeg, there's, there's so many video guys and there's so many photographers and like there's, there's a lot of local artists here in the city and I'd say that, you know, Nasty and a bunch of other people are like working with a very close amount of them. And, you know, there's, it's it's like those groups, right? There's like, you know, there's amateurs, there's the pros, there's the intermediates. You know, I'd say like I'm nowhere near the pro yet, but I'm in an intermediate stage because of what the equipment that I have. And we're creating pro quality video with what we got because it's not about the equipment. It's about the people that are creating it. And we've been doing every single video on zero budget. We've literally had no budget. We've, you know, worked every connection that we can possibly have, you know, God bless every friend that we've, you know, come encounter with and has given us the opportunity to shoot in their studio, to shoot in, you know, their homes, all that stuff. Because, you know, without that, that would have never allowed us to, you know, create what we've done. And it's, it's, it all comes with creative collaboration. And I think that at the end of the day, if like, if you don't have friends, if you don't have creative friends, go out there and find some because you'd be surprised by how eye-opening and how much more flow you're gonna create by having those connections. And it doesn't have to be someone as a photographer. It could be, you know, a bodybuilder. It could be, you know, someone in yoga. It could be anything, right? Like my friend, Steve Ramos, like I've literally been friends with him like only less than a year and he's now my best friend. (laughs) 
And that's the thing. You can, you become close with those who you really, that really inspire you because you want to keep them close. Mm-hmm. And I think of it like this. It's like, you can only keep five friends in your group. And of which of those five do you actually see and actually talk to every week? And Steve and a bunch of other people are on there. So it's, you know, <laughs> I guess that would be my piece of advice for anybody. But That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, and curating that five is so important, right? <clears throat> yeah. Especially for something like what we're doing. It's yeah. it's tough out there and you do mm-hmm. need that inspirational exactly. uh, amount of people to keep you in check and mm-hmm. less of the ones that kind of drive you down, right? Yeah. So that's a good way to look at it. So Life of Kai, right? Yeah. So explain me how that, video. yeah, explain me how that kind of came about. So that came about when, so my buddy Garrett, he was the one that actually got the video. He and I were like, we, we just connected over less than, like literally about a year ago now. And me and him have been really, really good friends. He's in the top five, right? And he said that, and he's like, hey, I got this video, it's for Life of Kai. And my buddy John Skeen is a part of that. Now I've never met the other two, which is Jackson and uh, Kyle. And you know, they're the singer and songwriter and like everything like that. Right. So it's like a collaborative group. <clears throat> and they said they wanted to bring me on to the project. And this was like way back, like this was literally a year ago in November, December, we were planning it and we were kind of just going about the whole project and we were like having stagnant kind of meetings and all that such. And then it started to get super serious about three weeks before the actual trip was being planned. And it was during May. And I remember kind of being in and out of it because I was like, okay, we're going to LA, we're going to be filming this, but we got a director on the project and that was Marshall Williams. That was huge. So I was like, damn, okay, (laughs) we're going to be working with a director. We're going to be working with like the group. We're going to run out to LA. Like this is a whole new experience. And like, I had only shot one video. We had just shot ghosts and I had just finished it before the trip, but we held on to that video for a while because we were going to release it in July or June. And <laughs> we, so anyway, fast forward, we're going through the trip, we get to LA, right? And we're shooting the video at this point. And, you know, we had this whole creative direction. Like it was just like, it felt it was a masterpiece. Like we literally drew out the whole thing and I was like, wow, this is going to look really sick when this is done. There was a lot of headaches with it because obviously this is like, you know, the first time, you know, working with someone like of a director, you know, like, you know, in every collaboration, you're always going to butt heads no matter which way that you want it to go. (laughs) And, you know, me and Marshall, we, you know, we butt heads, but you know, that's, that's just the creative control, right? It's just that, that that egotistical kind of like creativity kind of like takes over and you're like, well, like I want my idea to show up in this too as well. Right. I'm not necessarily trying to manipulate the story. I'm just trying to creatively shoot it. So therefore it works. So, you know, our workflows were kind of being challenged in that kind of environment, especially when, you know, you're under a time limit, you're stressed out because you're in LA, you can't go home. It was this rotation of like Mm -hmm. kind of drama, but at the end of the day, like we still created it because, you know, that's what we were there for and that's what we wanted to do and it was kind of a back and forth effect and that trip kind of taught me a lot like it taught me not only to take care of my shit because i lost my laptop on that trip um but it taught me to kind of you know treat collaboration as you know a project that everyone is going to have a little piece of themselves in right Mm. my part was just the visual I was trying to visually tell a story in the best way possible by trying to make it creative because, you know, I've, I watch music videos a lot. Yeah. That's my world. I love music. It's like, I love hip hop and I love EDM. And 
you know, like that was the whole thing. It was just like, it was a, it wasn't so much a trust issue. It was just kind of like, you know, we were, we were butting heads because there was a lot of words that were kind of being shared and it kind of felt a little off putting, (laughs) but, um, Outside of that, no, like me and uh, Life of Kai and a few other people are going to be working on a project and Marshall's going to be a part of it again. And I'm super stoked to work with him. Nice. Because right? now that we've already come over that hump, we can work together in the future knowing that, you know, we're going to be focused on the project. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, both of us have creative control over it. But at the end of the day, whoever's directing it is what's going to kind of, you know, shift the, the storyline or the motive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, no, like that video was... Well, I'd say today, one of my best videos that I did by myself, right? Along with Garrett and a few other people. It's just like, it was, it was something that, you know, took a lot of energy out of me. I didn't eat half the days. I was like, I was going all in, all out, except the last day. Like I kind of just like, was like, I'm, I'm over this. <laughs> I kind of want to just, you know, go home and sleep. Yeah. And I had to edit that video twice. Cause when I, I was, we were editing as we were on the trip. And, you know, like we were, we had a finished product almost by like a a finished rough copy of what it was going to look like. And I was basically coming back to Winnipeg (laughs) and me and Garrett were sitting in the airport and I'm editing the video. Everything was on a charger and I get called over the intercom to go to go to like whatever, like this, this other terminal and packing up all my stuff really quick and you know like I'm packing up my bag and then we'll go over there and it's just like we need to see your passport and I'm like okay here it is and then they're like okay everything checks out I'm like oh, okay cool so we were like kind of chilling there and I'm like my bag is like super like light and all that stuff and I didn't really notice it until we got to Minneapolis so I boarded the flight without my laptop didn't know and get to Minneapolis and me and uh me and my buddy were sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do that transition. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I go into my bag and it was just like zip, nothing. And it was kind of like that moment. It was like, oh, like, holy fuck, this sucks. So like anxiety and just like adrenaline starts to rush through and your face feels warm and you're like, I'm going to pass the fuck out. So like panic mode and just like went off and I'm walking around and pacing around the airport. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. (laughs) It's LAX. Like that's the busiest fucking airport Mm -hmm. in the world probably. And I'm like okay, like I lost in this terminal three and a half hours ago. Like, fuck, like, you know, hopefully it turned up. And they said like, oh yeah, an item needs to be lost for more than 48 hours before we can file a report. I'm like, that makes no sense. I'm in Minneapolis. I just left and I lost something. And I, the last time I used it was in your fucking airport. How can you not go out and try and find it? Like someone either stole it or didn't return it. And it ended up being not returned. Lo and behold, I actually had the edit screen recorded on my MacBook and I sent it to everybody's iPhone. So therefore, at least they had a copy of it. So I actually had something to go off of because I was like reluctant enough to take. I I still had the footage. I had my hard drive. I copied it over to my hard drive and I was like, all right, you know what? It's a lost laptop. Still going to move forward. Still going to figure something out. And, you know, took me about probably three weeks to figure that situation out. And... Yeah, here I am now, still living. You know, some people would probably quit at that point, but I just bought that laptop like six months prior to actually going on that trip. So it was like, (laughs) new laptop, just sold my last Mac. So now I had nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like everything, like I was shooting like the nightclubs at the time. So I was like, fuck, what am I going to use to edit? Like I was editing photos on my phone using Lightroom. You madman. Yeah, I was, yeah. And then I, that was like when, um, Lightroom on the iPad came out. So Mm. then I had like something to actually edit. That's sweet. But yeah, that's the grind though. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, do what you can with what you got and, you know, 
it's in your own ability to choose whether or not you want to do that. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I was like, all right, well, I need to make rent. <laughs> and this is my only job. So yes, I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, that's dope. Get the content on and at least, you know, make money. That's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that it took two times to edit that video, but that's it was cool. a wild one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and, after, and like at the end of the day, like I think the video turned out way better than the original because, you know, I had a new laptop, new LUTs, like everything. And I nice. was just like, this is, this is the masterpiece that we wanted to create. And I was actually able to like, you know, use warp stabilizer without having my computer freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out much better than, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Talking about how many times your premiere crashed and, uh, with warp stabilizer, just trying it to It still analyze. crashes. You know, I got like, you know, like I got the 2019 MacBook now. Like, no and way. it's like fully, it's all maxed out and it still lags every once in a while in premiere and things crash all the time. But, you know, that's technology. Yeah. Nothing's ever perfect. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> so. There's something with that software that just drives me mental. Oh, it's super. How was it? switching from low budget to this then so that must have been something else obviously um, working with the director and all but yeah like it was like it was it was a very interesting kind of like shift because there was pressure on top of us now mm -hmm. we actually had to perform and you know like that that all came with kind of like you know just doing two videos i was like okay this is a project there's planning there's a fucking script there's you know we're in la so you're you're in a very very big creative globe and it's outside of winnipeg and obviously so it's it's easier to kind of like shoot anything and everywhere yeah because nobody knows where anything is in la <laughs> like <laughs> even if you are from la you're still confused to a lot of shit that you know you're shooting it so for me like it was so much easier to shoot the video i guess in a sense but mm. it was really hard because we were on a time crunch and we had to finish certain shots by certain days and the way that we did it was Instead of shooting everything in chronological order, which usually is the way that I do it, we did it where it was like beginning, middle, quarter way film, and like it was going back and forth because we had to play with the sun. And there was, you know, rainy days, there were sunny days. So, mm -hmm. and when we were shooting in an apartment, like we actually had to, I had to like white out the window so like you couldn't see outside because the first shot that we, sh that we uh, got was a sunny day and we only had one day with um one of the actors in there so or like a few hours i think we had till like 10 to 4. That's insane. and i was like shit we got to finish this like we got to finish the intro the outro and then we had to finish the um the midway sequence and i was like damn this is it's <laughs> a lot of shooting <laughs> yeah. and i remember when we were done <clears throat> the last shot was actually in the last shot that we finished was in between it was when jackson was walking down the uh boardwalk and then marshall yeah. and the other girl um went in and uh, i remember when we finished and i knew i got the shot because i had it like calculated in my head i was we shot it probably like 10 or 12 times and i'm walking backwards and my i'm like crunched over with my back so everything was hurting and i didn't eat it all that day and it was really really warm it was really hot and when we finished that shot i just remember laying on the asphalt and i was like we're done we're done <laughs> I can relax. I can go get hammered tonight. I can go just do whatever the fuck I want because I now know that this is done. That was the first time I actually like shot a video and actually knew that like the full package was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did that with six months too as well because I got the ending sequence <clears throat> when the camera pans down to the ground. <clears throat> I just remember being like, oh, it worked out. And I just remember like looking up and I was like, and that's a motherfucking rap. And everyone just started screaming, running. Like that was like, it gave me chills because I was like, damn, like that was, that was a choreographed shot. And we shot that at like 2.30 in the morning. That's <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And that was actually the one and only music video to ever go down in that building. 
No way. Yeah. For real. You know that building that went up in flames? Just down on uh, in the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that area. That was that studio. And That's that was, so cool. That was my, uh, my best friend Max's studio. I remember when we got that news too, because I was like, maybe this is off topic, but I was in BC at the time celebrating my anniversary with my girlfriend. And <laughs> we were... We we're just sitting there and like we we're out to lunch with our friends and I get a text from like I texted my buddy Max and all that stuff and it was his anniversary with his girlfriend and I just texted him I was like hey man like how's everything going like blah 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 and he sends me a like a or whatever like an Instagram post of like this huge fire that went up in like Winnipeg and I was like I clicked the link and I'm like what the hell is that and I'm like holy fuck it's the studio and I'm like damn and he's like, yeah, man, the studio went up in flames just like, you know, last night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you woke up to that news. Like, apparently he like woke up in the middle of the night to it. But like to celebrate your anniversary and knowing that like, you know, you lost, you know, thousands of dollars worth of memories and like everything. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like that hits home because <laughs> I know what it's like to lose shit. But it's like to push forward and kind of know that, you know, it's just like that was just materialistic things. And at the end of the day, you know, we understand that that's going to suck and that's going to basically hurt you for a while. It's just that the ability to move on yeah. is the hard part. Mm-hmm. And he did and he, you know, he took it and he took it really well. And I was like, wow, like <laughs> I could be living in like travesty if that happened to me. Cause I just really couldn't get past like the idea. Cause he lost his computer that like he had like 10 years of music on mm-hmm. and like, beats and tracks and stuff that he didn't finish and i was like and like he had his spare hard drive there so i was like man like i lost one hard drive from back in high school and i just remember being like shit like that was my earliest work that i wanted to look back on like one day and like all i had was like everything up from like four years ago till now and i was just like shit i'm never no one's ever gonna be able to see the light of day of that but only i can and at the end of the day, it's it's the reminder that you know what that work was and what it meant to you. Sure, you can't explain it to the world and you can't explain it to your friends, but you know you know where you came from. You know where you started, so it's better to just, you know, mm-hmm. it's better to voice the opinion than be able to show it. So Absolutely. that's kind of like what I took from it. And I was like, you know, technology, to rely on something like that is really unpredictable. Mm-hmm. It'll either go or it'll either stay. Yeah. It's one or the other. So it's just, it's like comparing apples to apples at that point. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. That's yeah. really tough to hear. And I remember seeing that too. And, but I never knew anybody that. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what other things besides filmmaking or photography, um, have you been keeping obsessed with lately? Obviously it's, it, hmm. we're, we're sounding like we just work all the time and like, it's yeah. all we do, you know, but, um, like, but I mean, legitimately. What's another thing that I do? I guess I would have to say it's like i haven't skated in a very long time <laughs> like once like you know you got the camera in your hand and you're shooting 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 and editing editing, editing. it's the only thing you can think about yeah <clears throat> um yeah. damn you get pretty What's absorbed like i'll definitely yeah like, you get pretty absorbed in like the editor just like getting that right shot that's the thing it's like it's almost like it's it's kind of hard to think that like anything else that i do is mm-hmm. creative right yeah. but um i don't know <laughs> I've become I've become a really good dog father. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I've been taking care of my my dog a lot more seriously than I was in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I didn't originally buy him, so you know it's just like kind of like one of those things. So I mean, yeah, that's yeah. kind of something that I picked up on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been reading more. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's I good. never was an avid reader when I was growing up. <clears throat> Hated reading. But now that I'm kind of like, you know, it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> if you want to learn shit, you got to read. You got to read. So right? I just kind of like, you know, picked up a bunch of books and just kind of like, you know, things that I ripped from, you know, Annie Leibovitz and a few other photography books that I picked up. I just kind of like take those aspects and apply them to my creativeness. Nice. In a sense. But I don't know. I saw some of your posts on your stories of like uh, pet photography too. It's just, oh, yeah. just to kind of bring it back to the creative side of things too. It's well, that's cool. the thing. It's like not many people, like people photograph pets all the time, right? Yeah. It's like, it's almost like I like to immortalize pets because mm -hmm. you know they when you look at a dog and you're like oh like that's cute and all that stuff it's it's because they look like a human right <laughs> or they either look like they forgot something or you know they want like it's like it's that emotion that they put out in their face is what mm -hmm. people gravitate towards and it's cute you know there's some dogs that look like they're 80 years old and look like they're dying and then there's some that just look like they're freshly born and just like want to have fun yeah so it's it's like taking that and making it look cuter and better and mm -hmm. more colorful and more vibrant i mean it's almost like i want to i guess photograph more dogs in a sense but like people don't necessarily want to spend the money to do that yeah which is kind of weird because everybody loves their pets they would yeah. buy the dumbest shit for them yeah, well, really <laughs> but yeah it, it's uh yeah i do the same thing mm -hmm. and i'm i'm blessed that i get to you know photograph my dog in so many different environments awesome. and so many different ways because that's like you know that's my first dog ever and it's always going to be a memory that i carry with me mm -hmm. um he's 12 years old right now Dang, <laughs> yeah yeah his health isn't you know in the best shape but you know trying to give him the best retirement he can <laughs> yeah, totally yeah and you <laughs> yeah. know commemorate those photos and memories right exactly yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah um moving forward so what's yeah. your next moves in terms of <clears throat> your creative career um my next move is basically just growing the brand with Nasty and like working with my buddy Dylan and Taylor. We're just, yeah. So Nasty is basically a creative collective that runs with me, Dylan LaValle and Taylor Ritchie. So we are just a creative group that work on music videos. You know, one of, you know, I'm usually the guy that shoots the videos. Dylan and Taylor are like the main editors, but you know, we, we all edit the video no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's like one person will piece together the rough draft. Taylor will do some effects. I'll run through and, you know, fill in any continuity errors. Yeah. And then, you know, then we do a rewatch and then re-edit and recolor and just all these things, right? But it's like better to work in that triangle effect because it's easier to kind of like, you know, um, vote out ideas that don't necessarily work so it's like you know if two people are on the on the same wave then you know that third person will hop on as soon as like you know one of their ideas kind of go out the window yeah but it's it's always been a creative fun game and you know we worked this long for one year and everything seems to be fine so nice. <laughs> that's the next move for us is just working with more artists growing our brand and just kind of you know working together because i mean like all of us are now looking to like i'm i'm the only full-timer Dylan works for CN. Taylor works with um, works on it. Works as like a marketing kind of guy for this uh, for this company. Mm -hmm. um, and we're all basically looking to kind of you know quit and just go full yeah full on into this because it's just like it's either this or nothing else, right? It's so, so fun, right? Yeah. And like to make that something yeah. that you're doing all the time, like that's the dream that everybody seems to like strive right. for, but never really yeah 
like everyone's all trying to figure out the riddle of life and at the end of the day it's just you know keep on moving keep mm -hmm. on doing more creative stuff because it's like i feel like people will just wait a lot at the times they wait for something to happen they wait for you know this to kind of you know go this way or it's no it's like i'm gonna still keep doing it until it goes this way if it doesn't work you're getting faced with a lot of decisions in your life to kind of you know either go left or go right or you go straight whichever way and there's a lot of paths that <clears throat> I've went down that have helped me repeat a lot of the same things that I'm doing mm -hmm. and I don't like doing that. So it's like, you know, try to stay in a very uncomfortable environment because if you get too comfy, you're going to, you're going to start to slowly kind of come down. And if you put, keep putting yourself in uncomfortable environments, so you take that step up. And that's basically what me and Dylan and Taylor have been doing for this past like five or six months now. Yeah. And it's going to keep going like that because we have that mentality to grow and, you know, be bigger than what we actually feel we are. Because <laughs> there's like times where, you know, we'll be sitting in the living room and we'll just be like, damn, this is like, <laughs> this is going to make waves. This is going to be like, you know, the next level and like the next level of like success. And there's times where we're like, shit, this video sucks. <laughs> yeah, this didn't work out at all. And having that mentality is what kind of grows us and keeps us stronger because we understand that there's going to be no's but we know that we can create a yes yeah as long as we push towards it mm -hmm. and yeah that's the whole end all be all goal of my life that's is just keep on doing this and it's like everybody wants consistency but in the art world there is a complete wave of inconsistency it's always going to change it's always going to get harder if you can't handle it it's just you know like it's learn to handle it that's the whole end all goal for anyone and if you're not moving and you're staying in one spot and you're blaming the world, you're only blaming yourself because you're a part of the world and existence is upon you. Every life is fundamental and you choose what you become in the end. I chose to become a photographer, a filmmaker, someone who like I thought about, you know, what my life would be like if I was a DJ or, you know, if I was an artist. At the end of the day, it's like everyone's going to starve for what they want. And, you know, I've done a lot of things for free and I'm still doing things to this day for free, but I do things for free because I know that there's a benefit for it. It's because I didn't do that before. <clears throat> I'm never going to be faced with an opportunity anytime soon that I project. So I, I hop on those opportunities because they are worth it. At the end of the day, I executed the project. I now have that part of my portfolio. And now I can say that I did do it. Mm -hmm. And now I can charge for it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because like people always ask me, like, have you ever shot a wedding? Have you ever shot this? You know, it's like, no, but I can, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. It's like, I, I know how to hold a camera. I know how to point it. I know how to photograph people. Photographing a wedding, it's like literally a jungle in there. <laughs> Photographing streets, that is a jungle. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just made of concrete. <laughs> and, you know, not everything is set out to be as beautiful as you want it to be. In a wedding, damn, that's... It's hard, but it's also easy at the same time. Yeah. As long as you make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew you did, never did a wedding <clears throat> or any of those. Uh, I have. I just never like, I, I've only there. shot one as a main shooter and mm -hmm. I had a shitty camera at the time. So it was like really, really hard to like do. Now, if I was to do it, it'd be like, be like a walk in the park. But everybody always passes that judgment. They want to see mm -hmm. a wedding photograph. And it's like, like, oh, I can't really get a scope off your Instagram. And it's like, you can get a real good scope off my Instagram if you really really look into it it's like it may not be the photograph you want but it's you know like there's so many wedding photographers in the city you don't have to go with me you can go with this person yeah yeah anybody who doesn't agree with my pricing or agree with my work it's like 
there's other people out there yeah, exactly. yeah it's like it just you know like if it doesn't go well with me it's gonna go well with someone else so you know mm-hmm. i always sure. push other people to other businesses because it's like you know i'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna talk shit about anybody because it's just that's not cool that's awesome. Yeah. Um, just to kind of wrap this up for anybody that uh, has seen your work and said like, yo, I want to get into making music videos. Um, mm-hmm. What would be something that is good advice to listen to? Or maybe like bad advice that you <clears throat> probably tell them like to steer clear from. Hmm. Find a friend who's really good at music. Find a, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> is. Or if you know someone who has really good music and doesn't have any videos, reach out to them. Because obviously you're offering up your services for free, right? If you've never shot one. And, you know, allow them to work with you and hear your ideas and allow them to also share theirs with you because it goes a long way and that's a starting point. Mm -hmm. If you don't start there, you can't start over here. So it's just one of the things that I did was like I, you know, took my friends that I had for many, many years and you know a lot of people went into music a lot of people you know went with skateboarding and you know some person went with painting and moved on and all that stuff but it's like we all stay within the same circle and at the end of the day those people who are in your circle are the most important and no matter where your life goes you're still going to keep in that circle Mm -hmm. till the end of the day because those people are who are going to ride with you until the end (laughs) and yeah i mean that's the best advice i can give to anybody yeah that's awesome yeah and definitely curate your circle right and yeah. like pick the ones that you like the five as you were saying and i totally agree with that like, yeah don't create enemies in the creative world mm-hmm. you know because nobody yet nobody's intimidating it's just you, you create the intimidation for them so it's like a lot of people have looked at me and thought that i was very intimidating and not worth talking to right it's like <laughs> so, so yourself but it's like you know, those type of people, you know, don't make them enemies, just make them your friends. Cause you know, like I'm, I'm not necessarily intimidated by anybody in the city. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way because everyone's work is really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I respect all the work that this city has to offer. And those people that I follow and those people that I actually, you know, like, you know, that I call my friends are people that I work with and, you know, I promote their services, they promote mine. Like if I don't know, if I'm like, hey, I'm not, I'm not, in, you know, I can't book a wedding right now, I'm gonna send you to this person or I'm gonna yeah. send you to that guy because I know their schedule or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, make friends of the people that you feel are your enemies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not necessarily are made to be. So, yeah. Nice, yeah. I like that. Um, I guess just, yeah, so um, how can we find and support you? And is there, if there's anything else that you'd like to wrap up and let the viewer listeners know feel Um, free my life is constantly changing (laughs) um follow me at sky spans yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like i don't really like at the end of the day followers are followers right it's like if like I i love and respect all my fans anybody who you know has rode with me since the beginning and has seen my journey <laughs> from the beat from the start. Cause I mean, like I keep all my own photographs on there because I want people to see that progression. I want to see, I want people to see the shitty photographs mm-hmm. and see where I began on Instagram, because I feel like that's the most important part about a portfolio is seeing where people start instead of seeing where they're actually at. Because if you can't understand that the progression was so long, people will not understand the value of your work. So whenever someone's like, they're like, they'll 
dive really, really deep into my Instagram. They'll start to see that. Like, they'll be like, wow, he was creating authentic art for himself and not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's cool because that's exactly what I was trying to do at that time. Yeah. And now I'm like creating art for the viewers. So I'm thinking about what they're thinking and what I would think of this if I was, you know, to be faced with this on any other day without actually even knowing about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really weird thing, but <laughs> it's going to keep on going forward no matter what. That's awesome. Yeah. And definitely like he, he means what he says when he's like, you know, love all my fans. Cause literally yeah. like I ran into him at the coffee shop and we're like, yo dude, like, that's guy's friends. And he's like super chills. <laughs> yeah. So, no reason to be intimidated. So yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> it's, it, that's the thing. It's like spark up a conversation. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm always going to say hello back no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Unless someone says, fuck you. Then I'm going to be like, all right, well, that was random. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing this, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. If you made it this far, thanks for listening to the episode. Consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing to the podcast. Share this with your friends. Word of mouth always helps. If you want to discuss anything you heard on this episode or the previous one, send us a message on Twitter at 2M Creative Labs, and we'll see you in the next one.